Hi, I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A, the point B, through simplicity, organization, and some fun. Bethany, I have a few updates. Our last episode, episode 48, I was maybe just a teeny bit dramatic about my three school pickup and the long wait. I don't think you were dramatic at all. In fact, I think you weren't dramatic enough because (laughs) three school pickup lines is no joke. I just wanted to update everybody that it has gotten better and smoother. I think maybe people have caught on to carpools. Maybe it was just the first week of school. (laughs) But we got tips that I wanted to share. One listener, Anne, shared on the show notes page that when she had two different schools, she had her kids walk a block or two away from the school and then picked them up there which I think is a great idea if your kids are old enough to do that. So I do now have my middle schooler kind of walking out a little bit. The other two, I have to go make connection with the teacher to pick them up. So I can't do it with those two, but it's working well with the middle schooler. Nice. And the other thing that I started to do is I approach the school from a different direction. So like everybody's coming to the school from the west side. And now I like go around this little neighborhood so that I can approach it from the east side. Much better decision. It's not like you're cutting people off or anything? No, no. (laughs) It's just that street is really busy because that's where the freeway exits. So if I come from a different direction, there's less cars. I get to it quicker. Less time to Kegel. (laughs) But the real solution, Bethany, that I found? Yes. So say your kids need to be picked up at like 3. Come at like 3.10. Right at the end of (laughs) you're almost a little too late to pick your kids up. Perfect. Everybody's cleared out. Your kids are like stamping their foot. Where are you? Right there. You just zoom right in, pick your kids up. And so is the teacher because the teacher's (laughs) like, I'm on duty until you pick up your kid. (laughs) Technically, the time is 3 to 3.10. So I'm right right on time. Don't be there right at 3. Just wait a few more minutes. That's actually true at my school too. People get there and start idling at like Mm 2.40 and maybe even earlier. And then the people who come at 3, I think ours goes till 3.15, zoop, and they're out. (laughs) Just go towards the end of the pickup time and you're good. So all good news to report for my school pickup lines, in case you were wondering. I will tell you that the one we got the most comments on was the Kegeling. I appreciate, Autumn, that in the show notes, you link to the Mayo Clinic. I think link right to the source, lest you Google... (laughs) kegeling and get you know whatever it is that the internet wants to provide well if you'd like to find that just check out our show notes adbpodcast.com slash 48 and there you'll find all our tips for a productive pickup line and whether you're in school pickup lines or just in traffic it's helpful for all and autumn i have an update for you too so Part of our ongoing project challenge has been the photos. Mm -hmm. And I just want to check in to say that as of this recording, we just finished our first week of school and I am already staying on top of my photos for the year. Really? So the pictures you took from last week, you organized those already? Yes. Once a month, I'm going to take my photos, organize it. And then we talked about this in a previous episode that when I share it with families, it's going to be like August photos, September photos. Yeah. What tripped me up, one of the things, was first of all, waiting till the end of the year when I had thousands of photos. And the other thing was trying to organize them into too many separate categories. 
and it just became too daunting a task. And so I have my August photos all ready. My next Friday email, I'm going to include the link to the photos and say, August photos are up. Yay. That's a great idea to send them out with your little newsletter. I love that. Yeah. So it's going to be just monthly that I update that folder. This is exactly what Molly says, right? Instead of going back to the past and getting stressed out by all those photos, start with today and start the organization now. And then later you can always go back. Yeah. Oh, I take no credit for this idea. This is all Molly Bullard. So (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't listened to our interview with Molly Bullard of Seattle Photo Organizing, check out episode 42. She gives some amazing tips and I am practicing them. I am putting them to use. So it's a great episode and one that definitely is helping me to tackle a project that technically I just keep putting it off, but no longer... That's great, Bethany. And speaking of updates, we haven't checked in with meal planning. How is your food going? Ah, yes. Okay. So back in episode 44, we talked about food and meal planning. As anticipated, once school starts, it's a bit of a scramble. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Oh yeah. Lunch. Oh yeah. You know, you have to get back into that routine, that reminder that I need to have lunch packed. I need to have several snacks packed. You know, I don't have time to go off campus. So I really am trying to go back to some of the tips we went over in that episode and get that system in place. This is something that we talked about of having a couple core meals that I already know how to fix or easy to fix Mm -hmm. and do that every week. You know, it's like one night I'm going to have salmon and I know how to fix salmon. I know how to, to prepare it. It's pretty quick. The next night, I'll probably have salmon again because I have leftovers. (laughs) Then the next night, I'm going to have tacos, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, it may sound a little boring, but it's this needing a system during the school year because otherwise it's just feels really overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most people do have those repeat meals that do over and over again. You say that most people do that, but I feel like whenever I see a menu plan, it's like people have a month of meals, right? That means you're on Pinterest too much, Bethany. <laughs> people put those on Pinterest, but in real life, I mean, yes, I'm not going to discount that. There are people, yes. But for the most part, there's just repeat favorites that we have over and over again. I think I really am going to do Taco Tuesday at home. Absolutely. Salmon Thursday. That doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> but, you know, keep it simple. The other thing is these don't have to be your meals for forever. Like keep them simple now. And then when you feel like you can incorporate something exciting, do that. And that's as anyone who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know, that's That's kind of- That's all I ever say. No, I was actually going to say that's all I say. It's kind of my MO that I kind of want it to be perfect or I want it to have it all figured out. And so I- make these big plans, but then I'm actually not making progress because I made the goal too big. I need to zoom in, keep it simple. And then what about for your lunches? Do you have those set? Okay. So I'm ready to share an update about that. I decided two days I have a salad and it's like a good salad with protein and all that. Then Wednesday or Thursday, I have leftovers. So like on Wednesday, I could have leftovers from tacos. And then Thursday and Friday, I have a sandwich. This is great. So keeping it simple. And that list of food items that I need to purchase, I tried to streamline it. So I already got this stuff for tacos. I have that for lunch on Wednesday. My two salads are like pre-packaged, super easy. Sandwich stuff, super easy. I actually have to credit you because when you were out here for the weekend, 
We had an organizing fest. You were totally coaching me through like different ways to make my meals a little simpler. So are you ready for next week? No. My lunches? No. I have to go grocery shopping tonight, but I'm ready. Okay, you're ready to get it started. I'm ready. Well, we actually got a great tip from Amy. She is a professional organizer in San Francisco, and she shared how it was so important for her to set a time aside to plan, which is kind of what we've been talking about, and setting aside a time to shop. But the part of her message that I want to play was this program that she uses to help plan her meals. Hello, Autumn and Bethany. My name is Amy Berryhill. I'm actually a fellow professional organizer. Our company's name is Spiffy Chicks. And I've been listening to your episodes about meal planning. I use a program on the computer called Plan to Eat that I really like. It has all my recipes in digital form, and I don't have to type them all in. I just literally see something I like on a website. I could just click a button, and it puts it in there. And then what I do is when I drag those recipes to the particular day of the week that I want to make them, it will automatically make my grocery list for me. So it it makes the whole process much, much easier. If I need to be kind to myself and the family if things are just too busy for me to do all this planning and food prep, is I'll do a meal delivery service. I'll sign up for something like Gobble. Their meals can be made in 15 minutes or less. Things are sort of parboiled if you're, you know, making roasted potatoes, let's say, and it just makes things really easy. It's also a great opportunity for those that are learning to cook. I have friends that do this intentionally so that their kids can learn how to cook because it's very basic instructions. So she uses the software Plan to Eat, and I love the idea that you can just take recipes from online and just put them in there. And so it's like this holding spot to have all your meals, and you can look at them and put them in the calendar. It's a paid service, and maybe it's a little too complicated for you, Benny, but I think for any other listener out there who's looking for a way to take all their recipes and their ideas that they have and put them in one spot, it looks like it's a good option for that. You're cracking me up because it's it's too complicated for you, Bethany, but any other listener might. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) This call is for another listener, not for you. Hey, hey, keeping it real. (laughs) (laughs) You just plan out your five meals. That's all. That's it. That's all. I'm working on that. She also talks about those food services. Like I think she mentions gobbled and then there's plated, which the grocery store does. And then, of course, Blue Apron. I really loved how she said it could actually be a way to teach your kids how to cook, right? The ingredients are already there. The instructions are there. Ready, go. I really like that. That's I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. Would you ever consider using one of those food services where it comes to your house? I don't know. I mean, it's apparently not as expensive as I thought it was. And I guess one of the things that I that would make me consider it is that something I'm really working on is limiting food waste. Like when I go to the grocery store and then I get this great salad and then I don't end up making it and it goes bad, right? And so then I'm just throwing that money away and that food and I, I'm not opposed to it. I think it could be something that maybe I'll register for it. Maybe I'll register for a month of <laughs> a couple months of it or something to try it out. Yeah, I have tried Blue Apron. Just be careful because... Oh, you did? Yes. If you register for it, then you have to go back and cancel it or it'll keep sending it to you. So just be careful Oh, it's not something you can like just say three months of Blue Apron or something like that? No, they will continue billing you. Like Netflix or something. Oh, okay. So it's cheaper than going out to eat. Yeah. But you could definitely buy your food cheaper at a grocery store if you're making your meals at home. But if you have a lot of work going on, it could be a good option and you're not able to go to the grocery store. 
it's that thing where you know you're driving home and it's you're not even having to think of what's for dinner it's like the, yeah. the ingredients are already there the it's already pre-portioned and yeah. I get what you're saying. I did kind of feel in my experience that it was a learning curve. Like it says it takes 30 minutes to make, but I didn't know what I was making. So I kept having to go back to the instructions. So it took me longer than 30 minutes to make. And my family eats a lot. I didn't like it that there were no leftovers. Oh, Because right. the portions were just perfect for, you know, the family for that night. And boy, does my family eat a lot. <laughs> I think the good reminder, though, and this is what I appreciate about this call, is that there are systems out there. Like when I'm thinking about this, I don't have to recreate the wheel. You know, they say, is there an app for that? There is actually thousands of apps about food. And so I love getting this recommendation. I'm totally going to look into that plan to eat one and see if it could be an option as I move forward and get a little more organized. For now, I'm like, I literally have a paper and pencil grid where I'm like sketching out my week. Yes, but I like your pencil and paper grid. I want you to keep that because I think sometimes we all make the mistake of going to find this app and feeling like we're actually being organized. We get caught up with the how instead of just making it happen. Yeah. So like you said, this is for the other listeners, not for me. (laughs) That's right. Not you. Thanks, Amy, for your tip. And if you have a tip to share with us about meal planning, about what you do in the car pickup line, or pretty much anything in between, give us a call at 858-480-SPACE or 858-480-7722. You can also send us an email, hello at a2bpodcast.com. Today, we're continuing our conversation about productivity. Back in episode 46, Back to Basics, Autumn, you shared this great article about basically getting back to the fundamentals of what you need to be your most productive self. So things like sleep and eating, meal planning, all those things that maybe aren't our go-to when we're looking at our to-do list, but in order to really get yourself in a space where you can actually be productive and take care of those things, you need to take care of those basics first. And I really appreciated that article and that conversation. So if you haven't checked it out, episode 46, Back to Basics. But today I want to share with you another article, Autumn. This one's from the New York Times. And it's basically talking about reasons why your brain tricks you into thinking you're being super productive, but you're not. You're not actually getting the things done that matters. This kind of came up several times over some of our episodes, this thing called the Eisenhower box. We talked about it in episode 47 with Jen a little bit, this Eisenhower decision box. It really helps to see a visual image of it. So be sure to check out our show notes to see that adbpodcast.com slash 49. And you can see this box that Bethany's describing. Picture a grid. It's two by two. The top left corner are things that are important and urgent. Things like it's a medical emergency. Then to the right of that is important, but not urgent. So those are things like maybe long-term goals that you have or projects that there's not a specific deadline, but you just like to get done, kind of like our photos. The row below that is not important. So it's not important, urgent, or not important, not urgent. So not important, not urgent are things that we love doing, like checking Instagram or watching Netflix. And then not important, urgent are those tasks that you need to get done, like maybe booking a flight or certain emails might be not that important, 
but they seem urgent. They're like time sensitive. But is it really important that you respond to it in that moment? Yeah, you got to see a picture of it. This is the thing. So Dwight Eisenhower, he said, what is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. So basically what this article was saying, the things that feel really urgent are usually the things that are not actually that important when you think about your long-term goal or your long-term vision of things you want to move forward. Like, let's say exercise. Exercise is important, but it's not technically urgent. Does that make sense? Yeah. So why is our brain tricking us into thinking that we're productive when we're not really productive? Okay. Let's say that I've been really busy all day and I've been ticking these little tasks off. All these little tasks that feel urgent, but they're not important. And so it gives me that like immediate payoff, right? My brain's like, oh, you were so productive today. But by focusing on all of those little tasks that were not so important, but felt urgent, then I've used up all of my energy and my time for those tasks that are important, but not urgent. So like exercise, like writing this article, like planning this a workshop that I'm going to be giving, all of those things are not things that I can like check off today. Mm-hmm. My brain is telling me like, oh, you were so productive. You checked off all of these things. But then it's tricking me to spend all of my time and energy on those tasks that are actually not that important and aren't going to actually mean the most to me in the long run. So our desire to check off those easy things versus like the long-term projects that you have to work a little bit on each day. Okay, let me give you an example. This job that I had, my supervisor was really, really great at moving these big projects forward. And by big projects, I mean like she wrote a book, right? (laughs) I remember asking her once, I said something like, wow, I'm just, I'm really in awe of how you are getting these big projects done. And she actually said to me basically what this article was saying. She's like, well, you feel really busy and I know like you're really busy and you're doing all of these tasks and everything, but if you don't make time for those other projects that maybe don't have this specific deadline, you're not going to get those done. Mm -hmm. So the book was important to her, but it was not urgent. Like she could put that off forever, but she had weekly calls with her co-author. She had deadlines that they had set and agreed to meet together. They were being accountable, like accountability buddies together. And they moved that project forward because it was important to them, but it wasn't urgent. Yeah. You know, I think this is really funny the way it kind of just fits right into meal planning because it doesn't become urgent until your stomach is like growling and then you realize you have no plan for what to eat because it's important, but it's not urgent yet. That's why setting aside time at the beginning of the week to actually plan for it helps you in the long run and your days go smoother, right? Yes. So that is actually the reason I love this article so much. I really tried to pause and think, okay, what are these things that feel important and urgent? These like mini crises that pop up. Sure, there are sometimes like legitimate crises, but something like it's the end of the day and now you have a headache and you're cranky because you didn't eat something. All of a sudden that's become important and urgent, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of those things are preventable. Let's take something like my physical therapy. I need to do my physical therapy. It doesn't feel urgent to me because at this moment, like I'm able to walk, I'm able to function. 
it's right now in the important, not urgent box. But if I put it off and if I don't invest time into it, then suddenly it's going to be in the important, urgent box when it becomes a crisis, when I like can't stand on my feet all day and teach, which is something I love to do. And that's happened because I had a leg injury that like, I have to do this consistent physical therapy. And my doctor's like, yeah, you're going to do that for the rest of your life. So if I don't do it for the first day, it's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. The second day, but by like the second or third week, if I put it off, all of a sudden my body's like, whoa, wait, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think for me, it really kind of put some of these things that feel like crises in perspective. And I actually thought about when report cards are due, those things are very important. But when I get the deadline a month ahead of time, they're not urgent. You know, I have a full Mm -hmm. month. But if I wait until a day before, oh, it becomes important and urgent. And it's like, you're running around like, oh my goodness, why? I have to get these reported, you know? (laughs) But it's like, no, it was important last month. It just wasn't urgent. So scheduling in that time to do little baby steps on these bigger projects. The thing is with this article, it was saying that like things that are not important and urgent, the things that like will eat up that time and take away from you like advancing these bigger goals, you know, they recommend delegating it. Like if it's scheduling an interview, booking a flight, answering certain emails, but truthfully, like I don't have somebody I can delegate that to, right? If, well, I, I think they were talking about Eisenhower because, you know, he was the president. Right. So there probably was a lot of things he could delegate. Eisenhower <laughs> didn't need to book his flights, okay? He, no. But if he did, it would take away from the big things that were important but not urgent, see? That's right. And you want to leave that important, urgent box as free as you can. You don't want that space taken up with, oh my gosh, it's a week before and I didn't book a flight and now it's all this and now I don't have enough money, da, 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 da. You want to leave it for those moments if your daughter does fall off the scooter, right? And you you do have to rush and take her, not because you're trying to put out another fire because of something you didn't plan for or take care of when you had more time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom's coworker had this hanging up at her job. It was, your lack of planning does not constitute an emergency on my part. And I always thought, oh, that's kind of snarky. But it's it totally ties into this article. It's like when your kids come to you on Sunday night and say, I have this project due tomorrow. Yes. And you're like... It's Sunday night. We're not going to the store. Yes. <laughs> and then you show them the Eisenhower box and you say, see kids? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> I just need a poster. <laughs> this is definitely making sense. But my question is, how do we take this idea and actually make it practical and usable in our day-to-day life? Because yes, we kind of know this. And even when you're saying the things, it's like, yeah, plan ahead for the big projects. That's what we teach kids. This project is due here. What are the small steps you're going to do to get there? So now where do we go? I think that's a really good point. So what this article is saying is that take a look at your tasks and map it out the key to kind of switching this around is recognizing first. So it feels like I was being really productive, but those weren't like my top level priorities. Again, not important, urgent, right? That's where I was spending all my time Mm -hmm. and energy. And so then looking at those things that are important, but not urgent, like exercise, like physical therapy, like working on this project for school, like planning a workshop, et cetera, et cetera, and breaking it down into tiny goals. They call it the magic of micro progress. Yes. I think that was one of the biggest problems we had with our photo challenge. From the beginning, we didn't break it down into little steps. Exactly. So you're going to get that same reward of checking things off because you've taken this big project and you've broken it down into these smaller goals. 
but it still gives you that same level of satisfaction of, oh, wow, I got to check some stuff off today. So there's these tiny goals that are more manageable. And if you've read the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, he states that that's one of the biggest problem with our to-do list is writing things out like do the photo book instead of writing pick out, you know, 10 photos from the month of August for the photo book. Yes. And instead of writing on your to-do list, organize the bedroom is writing a specific task that you need to do, like sort through shoes, get rid of five pairs. Right. So instead of writing clean out the closet, you're writing the specific task that you're going to do today. I remember he says the only thing that should go on that to-do list is like a specific actionable item, an item that you can actually take action on. Otherwise, you look at it and you're like, what? Where do I even start? Right. And so then naturally, you're going to turn towards the things on your to-do list that are more tangible But those are the things that typically fall into the not important, urgent category. So those things that you can check off more quickly, but they're maybe not that important. Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, this is not a brand new idea. Hey, Eisenhower, 34th president. (laughs) It was helpful for me to have this little refresher and this little boost, especially since I'm in a new school year. As a teacher, it's so easy to get really, really caught up in the urgency of those tasks that maybe aren't as important. Mm -hmm. What I need to do is really focus on what are some of my bigger goals. I have a workshop. It's not till November. So in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, I started planning it, but I can kind of put it on hold for a little while. Actually, no, I can't. I need to break it up into these tiny little steps so that I'm making micro progress And then I have plenty of time to like have somebody review the workshop and, hey, what do you think of this? Or do you see, you know, instead of like the night before feeling panic. Yeah. It forces you to be intentional about your tasks when you ask a question, okay, what box would this fit in? And then you're re-examining what you're actually spending your time doing. I love the idea of like sorting your tasks into these little boxes. It feels so organized. Now, don't spend so much time sorting your tasks that you don't (laughs) get anything done. You know what else it reminds me of is a wedding. Yes. You have all these little baby planning steps like months and months ahead of time. Yes. And for a wedding, those checklists, this is all kind of done for you. Like, you know, nine months ahead, you do these tasks and eight months ahead, you do these tasks. That's a great example because when I'm looking ahead, I'm like, oh, I have months. No, you have to do it in these little tiny goals to Mm -hmm. move it forward. And here's my little challenge. Okay. Pick one thing that's in the important but not urgent category that you've been putting off and schedule it. I already got it. Oh, you already got it. I'm ready. I want to hear. So if you have signed up for Space for Living newsletter, I apologize I have this this desire to kind of keep the newsletter updated and going, and so I need to schedule time for that because it's on my to-do list, yet there's never any time for it because it's not urgent. But I'm going to start scheduling time for that. Yes. That's a great example. It's important, and... It's been not urgent for about two years. Right. <laughs> right. So it's important, and I, I think that designation of important, you get to assign that, right? Or sometimes something like taxes that important is going to be assigned for you. They're like, no, this is important. (laughs) And it's funny because I brought up taxes because I filed an extension for all sorts of reasons, mostly because I had put it off until it became important urgent. But the extension is up on October 15th. So at this moment, it's still important, but it's not urgent. Wait, it's urgent now. That's a month. 
Okay, let's define urgent. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying like one week is urgent? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so by September 15th, when it would be a month away, I want to schedule time to work on it then so that then it's still in the not urgent-ish category, but it's Mm -hmm. creeping towards urgent. So that's something I have to schedule to work on. Otherwise, I can just keep putting it off until all of a sudden it's going to be important and urgent and I'm going to be scrambling and miss the deadline. And then there's penalties and all sorts of not fun things. This is just an example of how people will have totally different things in their urgent and important categories and why Bethany and I are doing a podcast together because Bethany could whip out a newsletter like there's nobody's business and I (laughs) will start doing my taxes like in January because it's so fun. Yeah. Okay, that's a perfect example. Yes, yes. So for me, it's very hard to sit down and start writing a newsletter to somebody. Super easy for Bethany. Our tasks are kind of like switched in their boxes. And the stuff that comes easy to me, like I just do that automatically. And the stuff that comes easy to Bethany, like she'll just do it automatically. So pay attention to the fact that there's stuff that you're drawn to and it'll happen no matter what, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Like for you, exercise is something that you don't have to really bother putting that into a box because it's just something that's a part of your day. Well, it's become a habit. So I stop thinking about it. It's just, it's in my schedule. I think I have the solution. Yeah, I'm ready. I'll write your newsletter. You do my taxes. (laughs) That sounds great, except I don't think you want me to do your taxes. I never said I was good at taxes. I just said I like doing them. So another reason why this article really struck a chord right now is because, you know, since I got engaged, making room in my home for someone else, you know, and it's something that is important to me, but it can feel not urgent to like, take care of that organizing project or clear off the desk or, you know, clear off shelves for for this person. But it is important to me. So it's like I have to schedule time so that I'm making that a priority because otherwise it gets into the important urgent category when it's then stressing him out. And he's like, ah, this place is so cluttered. I'm not comfortable here. And I don't want it to be in that category. I want it to be you know, a comfortable home that we both feel great in, but it's going to require me scheduling time for it. Yeah. And if he's like me, it's probably becomes urgent for him and it's still in the not urgent category for you because there's just different thresholds of what feels comfortable to live in. Exactly. That is such a good point. You have someone else involved, Mm -hmm. like when you're doing a group plan or you're doing team effort, or trying to like share a home with somebody, there's definitely different levels of like, whoa, this is in my urgent, important box right now, right right at the site. And you're like, what? It's good. It's fine. What are you talking about? It's fine. I still have socks for tomorrow. You know, it's like, no, we have to do laundry right now, you know, or whatever. Yeah. We've already talked about multiple things, Autumn, that are in my important, not urgent. My taxes, my workshop that's coming up, planning for the wedding, my physical therapy. Those are all things that I could spend my day checking off tasks that feel urgent, feel more urgent, and may give me that satisfaction of checking things off. But in the long run, they're not actually that important. So I have to refocus and make time and schedule for like micro baby steps on these things in the not urgent category. Okay. So our challenge was pick one thing in the important, not urgent category 
first break it up and look at what are like specific actionable things. So you could look at that and say, oh, my next step on this project is. So I'm doing my newsletter and what are you going to focus on? Well, right now, find hotel for wedding. And I don't mean to have the wedding in, but like the like reserving a hotel block. So if I just put that on my list, reserve block of rooms, that feels really big. So I started thinking about how I could break this up into like these tiny goals. So my first step is I'm having coffee with a friend of mine who is more familiar with that area. And she said she'd drive me around to check out a couple hotels so that we could really look at like what feels best, what's in the price range, etc. Sounds great. So we encourage you to take a look at the Eisenhower box. You can find it again in our show notes, adbpodcast.com slash 49, and try to sort some of your tasks into some boxes. It was kind of a fun exercise to think about what takes up your time and where it would go in those boxes. And then pick one thing, like Bethany said, that's important and not urgent and break it up into steps. There's two articles. There's the one about the Eisenhower box, and then there's another one about tiny goals and that idea of micro progress. So we'll link those articles. And you know, I had seen this box plenty of times, but I had never actually done the exercise to look at like what it could mean for my productivity and the way that I spend my time. So sitting down and making some actual notes about what boxes the tasks went in and what's really important to me that I'm not spending enough time on, that was eye-opening. And it, it got me, got me all fired up and ready to micro progress. <laughs> it's kind of like that exercise where they ask you to track your time. They give you like the minutes of the day and it's yeah. what were you doing for this 15 minutes? And it really makes you think about your time a little differently. Yes, for sure. You can find us on Instagram at A to B podcast or on Facebook, A to B podcast. And we want to thank those of you who have left reviews. We've gotten some really fun ones lately. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review it really helps get the word out about our podcast. We read everyone and a lot of them crack me up. Okay, I'm going to share part of this review, Autumn. This review was on iTunes from J.P. Dunn. And I won't read the whole thing, but this is my favorite line from it. It's like Bethany is where my disorganized and stuff-loving self is right now. And Autumn is the organized person I want to become. So I can easily <laughs> relate to both of them. I love it. It's so true. And I think that on a daily basis. So <laughs> thanks, JP Dunn, for the review. And we hope you'll leave a review and let us know that you're listening. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Sorry, Taddy's barking. I don't think it picked it up. Hi, oh, Taddy. Hi, Taddy. She just wanted to be on the podcast, too. She did. She's like, hello. Can't this be A to B to T? <laughs> <laughs>